did the rents increase? Not at all, because the market, they actually predict the raise in advance. It's like when you're a shareholder and your company that you own share at the uh, stock market declares a super good quarterly results with good dividends, but the shares are actually going down because the market expected something else and adjusted in advance. This is exactly what's happening with the rates. They predict the raise and the actually the raise we got it about like three four months ago already now for the next raise maybe we're going to see a little bit of increase of that cmb rates for the future but for now we're pretty much stable welcome to the real estate investors club podcast what's the real power of leverage people think real estate is all about leveraging capital money is important but what about the decisions we make the things we do and don't do determine our success as investors. Choices and actions create success. Before we get to the bank, we make choices guided by mindset and by the things we do and don't know. If we want to succeed as investors, we need to leverage knowledge. We need to increase what we know so our actions pay bigger dividends. Join host Terry Schauer and Jean-Philippe Claude for conversations with leading experts in the real estate field. From mortgages to mindset, and from macroeconomics to local market trends. Grow your knowledge capital with us. Welcome to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast, where we seek advice to help us make better investing decisions. Hello, and welcome back to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. Hello, everyone. Hello, JP. How are you doing? Awesome, and you? Good, good. Just, you know, keeping busy, working on the projects. Uh, <laughs> like, like everyone in real estate. Interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Like everyone who's busy in real estate. Now, there's a lot of stuff happening right now. One of them that's pretty major is that the Bank of Canada increased the interest rate last week by 25 basis points. And uh, there's a lot of talk right now on whether there is a real estate bubble. And so I was hoping today we could take you know, a few minutes to talk about that. And I'd love to get your take on it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a news that was obviously predicted long time ago that with the inflation and gas prices and all that stuff was predicted a long time ago. But yeah, we can discuss how it's going to affect real estate. And is there a bubble, which is always the question that everybody's asking. Okay, so it was, I think, on Tuesday last week, it was announced by the Bank of Canada. Now, the market was expecting it because already by January, people were expecting an increase. It didn't happen then. Now, with everything that's happening in the world, and as you said, like inflation, is it's not creeping up. It's definitely high. The turmoils in Europe, the energy market, which is a big part of, of inflation. And so in the short to medium term, where do you think that takes us? And again, like, what do you think is going to be the impact on the real estate market here in Quebec? First, if you're following our podcast, it's going to be a small reminder, okay? Six units and up when you're going with loans above like 1.5 million, let's say 1.52 million dollars, you're not directly linked to the Bank of Canada rates. You're linked to commercial mortgage bounds, okay? It's a little review that we did on a previous podcast. But when you sign this type of mortgage, the banks, they lend you the money and then they pool all these loans together and they push it on the market and the market rebuys these loans. Okay, Usually around $250 million pool, they push it on the market and they sell it, which is at a very low rate because when you go with the CMHC loan, you're always AAA approved. Okay, So yeah. is there any bubble? 
think about it, your loans are triply approved. This is the highest ranking possible on a loan. So they're selling on the market around 2% these days. Okay, so banks and institutions around the world are buying these pools of 250 millions at 2%. So it's really, really secure. So first of all, this market shows that there's not a lot of worry that there's going to be a bubble because they wouldn't buy a 2%, $250 million loan package. So be back on the subject now. Did the rent increase? Not at all. Because the market, they actually predict the raise in advance. It's like when you're a shareholder and your company that you own share at the stock market declares a super good quarterly results with good dividends, but the shares are actually going down because the market expected something else and adjusted in advance. This is exactly what's happening with the rates. They predict the raise and they actually the raise, we got it about like three, four months ago already. Now for the next raise, maybe we're going to see a little bit of increase of that CMB rates for the future. But for now, we're pretty much stable. I mean, war is a terrible thing. Uh, it's really terrible what's happening, but instability in the world, we're all globally connected. Rates went down by 20 points, so 0.2% since the beginning of the war. So we're at 2.2, now we're at 2 so real estate, when everything goes bad, real estate is good. Well, I don't want to say positive things because it's not a positive things at all in the war, but let's, the no. rates went down. Would it be correct to say that real estate is always perceived as a value of refuge? Absolutely. It's a, always a value of refuge. So when the economy goes, is going well, like stock market is making money, real estate is less interesting. So it's always a counter investment. So economy goes well, real estate goes actually economy goes well real estate goes bad and vice versa so when the covid hits the rates went really low and real estate went boom yeah wire on that and there was a huge increase in price because it's a refuge i mean if we step into the bubble how can there be a bubble in the residential real estate where if the rates are going up it means that People are going to be, have more problem buying condos and houses and they're going to go into apartments for rent yeah. and they're going to fill up the apartments and you're going to have people coming in your apartment. So it's super safe. I mean, it's part of the basic needs of human clothing, mm -hmm. food and a roof over your head. So it's, it's all about the basic needs. So it's really hard to have a bubble. The only risk for real estate to go down is the interest rate. And it's pretty curious today because we got a situation that we've never seen before where the inflation is so high, but at the same time, the leverage is really limited because people are like this high in credit. There's a problem with the war. So the gas price increasing, but it's not related to inflation and there's shortage of supply due to the pandemic. So this is not related also to inflation so the inflation is not really inflation it's problem around the world and it's also shortage in the supply chain so it rises up the prices of goods but it's not inflation so they're kind of stuck up because they want to increase their rates but they don't want to destroy the economy so it's it's yeah. a weird situation i certainly would not like to be in charge of the bank of canada right now and having to make those decisions it's it's terribly difficult and as you said between trying to fuel 
the uh, economic growth following the shock of the pandemic and now taking into account what's happening in Europe and the inflation that was also caused by the pandemic. Now, it's very difficult for them, like for those economic advisors, it must be a terribly difficult choice. Now, going back to the aspect of a bubble, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like a bubble is when people find, and it's very subjective, that asset prices are too high and prices don't reflect the intrinsic value of a good, of a stock, of a product, whatever it is. Now, it's true that when you see people paying, you know, I'll be blunt, like 1.6 million for a sixplex in Verdun, that's making 45K a year and there's almost zero cash flow. Sometimes I tend to think, yeah, I think there is a bit of a bubble because those prices are completely unrelated to the actual income stream that the asset generates. And it's purely based on speculation. What do you think? Well, it's based on potential, okay? So it's based on potential. Montreal has been the bastard of all the cities in Canada is like not well received. Obviously, there was some instability in politics for a long time for Quebec, the language barrier as well. So everything was set aside and we got to say it's tenants paradise too here in Quebec. Like it's the best place for tenants in all around North America, which is okay. They have their rights and we have our rights. And now we're just chasing back and chasing back and chasing back all these years where the rents were super low. And if the rents are following up in the future, I don't see any problem. Another problem that could happen. So interest rate was on problem. Second problem is immigration. If we stop immigration, that would be a problem because for one immigrant family, we need one apartment or one house. So it's simple, but it's not the case with Justin's plan to actually increase immigration. And when you have an increase in immigration, they always go to city centers. So you go to city centers and they put a pressure also on the rent, which we are still lower than average of the can- of Canada, lower than almost all the city in North America. So it's still a good place to come. And there was a massive amount of money coming from REITs all around the world investing in Montreal because yeah. there was huge potential. But I understand that sometimes it doesn't make sense. I mean, since 1983, when Jacques Lepin started, all the prices were too high. They're still too high. But if you get buyers and if the rents are supported, it will still make sense. Mm -hmm. Some people are okay paying that price because it's really just a parking and it's a store of value. And instead of, you know, buying some mutual funds, they're just going to go and put it, I'm going to say buying brick in Verdun or whichever other neighborhood. I don't mean to pick particularly on Verdun. It's a great neighborhood and I like it, (laughs) but uh, it's just very speculative. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Mm -hmm. that was a question for uh, Funken. Yeah, there's there's people parking money too. But Mm -hmm. I think a bad reflex would be, oh, these people are stupid paying this price. This is a bad reaction. You got to understand why are they putting their money there and what do they see? Investing 1.6 million in an asset, they're not stupid. So people are buying at a certain price and at buying a 1.6 million asset, they did their own work. So mm-hmm. yes, it's sad for us because we're buying at the more expensive price, but the market is going to support it. And I'm 100% sure it's not a bubble, I got to say. After that, what's the price they're going to be with the interest rate going up? I don't know. It's probably going to be stabilizing. We see that it looks stabilized. So we receive the buildings on sale and it looks like everybody's stabilized. Maybe there's going to be a little bit of drop due to interest rate, but I doubt so. It's funny that you say that in terms of stabilization, because about two weeks ago, I was having a conversation with someone here telling me like, oh no, the real estate market is down. And I was like, what do you mean it's down? Like, I was like, yeah, yeah, I see prices are going down. And I just kept asking like, what exactly are you referring to? 
And that person admitted to me, he's like, well, I saw some listings of like big fancy houses in Westmount and they were listed at 5.5 and now they're at five. So the market's going down. And it was just a reminder of how, you know, maybe you and I are more a little bit more attuned, but like the real estate market, there is so many different segments. And as you mentioned earlier about the immigrants coming in before buying a house, they're going to rent. So they're going to end up in a rental and an apartment and a multifamily. And then maybe after six months, one year, three years, they'll go and buy. And how a new immigrant that comes in actually feeds the various different markets depending on their ability to buy, depending on a lot of other factors. And it's just a good reminder that sometimes people see it as like, oh, the real estate market is just this like one big bubble, but it's actually like so many, 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 many different bubbles put together. And keep in mind that in Canada, we got a super stable market. In 2008, Americans market crashed down. We stay level because we get a banking system, very, very mm -hmm. stable, very strict, which is a bit of a pain sometimes, we gotta admit. Yeah. <laughs> But at the same time, it's really stable. So the banks are knowing what they're doing. So if they're lending you money, believe me, they think they'll get it at the end. Okay. Especially yeah. when they're lending you money at 2.5% interest rate, they're not making money at all. They're just parking their money. So mm -hmm. be sure that they know what they're doing. Also, people who are buying the pools at 2% or 1.9, they're knowing what they're doing. And we got a pretty secure market. You mentioned two items that, that are kind of unrelated, but I'd like to go dive a little bit deeper into it. You said earlier, like, oh, Quebec is like the paradise for tenants and stuff. And I actually interviewed someone from Nova Scotia, and they were telling me that in Nova Scotia right now, there is a cap on increases. And I was surprised that we don't have that in Quebec, even though we always think that like Quebec is the ultimate, but over there, they're capped at 2%. And it's been like that, I think since two, three years, since the beginning of the pandemic. And it made me realize like here we have very strict laws in Quebec, but at least they didn't put a maximum. It's still, you know, you have to do the calculation from La Régie and then you have to, it's a little bit negotiable and there's a guideline, but there's still a bit of room. In Nova Scotia, it's 2%. Yeah, I think that's a good news for us. I can't say for Nova Scotia, but <laughs> at least they got the security deposit, which we, we don't have. We were the only province that we don't have a security deposit. It's good for us that we don't have this cap, obviously, because it's not a good solution. When you do this, you discourage investment in real estate. People are not building houses, are not building rental properties anymore. They're going to be like, condos and i was gonna put pressure on the market and then mm -hmm. it's all a loop it's an endless yeah. loop the mli select program i think that's the best solution they can put for affordable housing they encourage real estate investor going to the affordable side of real estate by increasing mortgage improvement and getting bigger loans which is a very good thing so i don't think putting any caps or any i know montreal wants to put a structure this is just bad because it, yeah. it pushes investors away and you gotta think that every single place that you've lived like somebody built it somebody wanted to make money out of your place so yeah. if there's no money to make there's no houses or there's no rental property and that's sometimes a message that i was gonna say professional tenants forget about is that who renovates old dwellings it's not the city it's people it's people exactly. like you and me who put their cash and invest in real estate and they improve the overall parc immobilier of the city. And God knows, does it need it? Like thinking back of, you know, some of the old buildings on the plateau where you can't even close doors anymore and still people will pay like 1200 bucks to live there. Anyways, I'm going on a tangent now. Yeah, yeah. I understand your point. Like you need to have a financial incentive. 
like just doing work without being paid doesn't exist. Like it's not a fantasy world. So when you invest money in something, you want to get in a return. And real estate is a business like any other business. I know people are saying like, uh, yeah, the rents. I agree that there should be an affordable side to it. I agree. But people are, are in real estate. They're placing their money. They're risking their money. And they want to get a return in exchange. So if if you cut that out, yeah. less apartments will be. Yeah, built. you remove you remove the incentives for people exactly. to invest and that's create opportunity. It. And that's gonna um, create pressure. Yeah. So there's a lot of people looking at bigger and bigger deals. And on a price per door, I remember like last year I paid 150 thousand a door. That was on a five unit in Oshiraga Maison Neuve, and I thought that was a pretty good deal at least mm-hmm. at the time. And so now we're talking like 200, 220. In your case, what do you feel comfortable with? And obviously, depending on the unit mix, but like, what do you kind of put that price per door right now for like medium to large multifamily? Yeah, it depends on the size. I prefer larger units. This is more my market. I know some people prefer smaller units because there's more turnover. I prefer larger units because the upside can be bigger. Mm-hmm. Right now, I got a sits in between 175 and 200. That's mainly le- the listings I'm I'm analyzing and then I promise to purchase that I'm looking at are mm-hmm. 175, 200. And I see, talking about the stabilization, when I receive listing from agent, I see that it's top out. It's always topped out. It's really yeah. rare that you're going to go above 200K a door. It's mainly this. I know there's some exception. People are going to say, I saw this. Yes, there's exception. But I got to say, it's pretty topped out in between like 175, 200K. So I haven't seen like a raise in the market like we've seen before in a pandemic. So it's pretty stabilized. There. So 175 to 200 kind of bracket is for buildings that are, you'd say like 16 and above, 24 and above or... It doesn't change that much. That's surprising. Like it's starting from 12 units, 16 units. They're pretty much the same. Okay. So because if you want to buy a bigger building for a bigger investor, it's less of a hustle than buying two or three. So the price per door is pretty much the same. It used to be different because there was Mm -hmm. less buyer, but now there's so much buyer and people with huge, huge pockets. Like I know a Swedish read, they bought like 4,000 apartments in Montreal. Achilles. Exactly. Massive, massive. So they prefer to buying bigger units, obviously. So they're a massive investor in the market. So like I said, Montreal is a pretty exciting place to invest still today. And this is where in talking to other investors, like, oh, the market's so high. There's no deals. There's no deals. Like we actually found one, a really, really good one. We're buying 50 cents on the dollar. And to this day, we like, pinch ourselves being like is this real is this real and so if you know how to look there's plenty of opportunities there always be i've been teaching real estate for seven years now i've heard it all there is no deal there is no opportunity then i'm at a coaching call with somebody saying real estate's too high and then i switch call and the other guy's like, man, I, I don't know what to do with all these opportunities. And I got to <laughs> sell some of those. And it's just, if you really want it, are you going to focus on it? Are you going to put energy on it? And if you do, you will succeed. Like the length of your mastery will depend on, on the focus you put on it. And then when you're a master and then you put the networking into it and then it, it's going to come. So you really have to want it. Otherwise, it's not going to happen or you're going to maybe concede a part of the profit. Let's say you're a doctor and you make a lot of money and you want to park your money in real estate and buy a new building. That's okay too. But if you're an active investor, like increasing value, optimizing property, then the effort 
will have to be there. Otherwise, you won't find anything. And it's like everything else. And if you don't put in the work, you don't get the results. And it's so, not easy. Real estate uh, is not complicated. It's not a complicated. I mean, you were not shooting a rocket to the moon. Okay, to be honest. Like uh, calculation, it's pretty simple. But you need to put in the work. So it's simple, but not easy. Well, on this beautiful note, JP, thank you very much for today. It's been a pleasure and I always like your words of wisdom. To everyone listening, stay tuned for next week. We'll be on with uh, Terry together for another good chat and perhaps an interview. We're in the process of booking someone. In any case, keep following on the podcast and stay tuned for other events coming from the Real Estate Investors Club. So thank you very much to everyone and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, remember to give us a rating, leave a comment, subscribe, and share. You can find Terry at terryshower.com. Her book, Mindful Landlord, is available on Amazon. You can also follow her on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. JP is the president of the Real Estate Investors Club. You can learn more about the club's networking and educational activities on Facebook by searching for Real Estate Investors Club. Look to the show notes to find information on our guests and links to material mentioned in the episode.